either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You're sorry. You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. Well, welcome and happy Thanksgiving. We will try to talk about movies while shoving mashed potatoes into our mouth. Mm, <laughs> as we do every week. <laughs> Glad you're here for the holiday edition of the Screening Room Podcast. Yeah, it's a holiday weekend, so that means usually big stuff at the movies. And boy, this year is no exception. Loaded with goodies to talk about. So uh, welcome. Let's get at it. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from MadWolf.com. Let's start with famed Southern detective Benoit Blanc traveling to Greece for his latest case. This is Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. You're all friends. Why would anyone commit murder? Are we even going to talk about the elephant in the room? Am I the elephant? Yeah, you're the elephant. You're not that bad. Think of the danger here. Are you calling me dangerous? Well, we'll see. Let it all out. Hell yeah! This is reckless. The killer wouldn't hesitate to kill again if it covers their tracks. be really great at clue huh i'm very bad at dumb things ticking boxes running around searching all the rooms it's just a terrible terrible game well this one of course the follow-up the sequel to knives out from 2019 big hit such a fun movie i think everybody loved it yeah and i feel like they're it's gonna be the same with this it's it's you're gonna be hard it's gonna be hard to find a reason not to enjoy this movie yeah it's ryan johnson writer director ryan johnson and he showed with Knives Out, boy, he really knows his way around a mystery. He does. Um, it was so much fun last time to to see it built and then deconstructed and get to know these characters, and most specifically Benoit Blanc, who's now back, uh, and really more fabulous than ever uh, <laughs> as Daniel Craig. He's fantastic in this movie, and it's a whole new set of of you know conspirators, whole new set of suspects. Because yeah, this is set in the in 2020, yeah. in the pandemic, mm-hmm. and he is in a funk because of the lockdown. He hasn't had a case, right? Uh, and people he, are Angela Lansbury is trying to cheer him up yes. with like some online games that they can play, and he hates them and he's bad at them. <laughs> he thinks they're all dumb. They're all dumb, yeah. <laughs> but he is not. And then all of a sudden, he gets a strange puzzle box uh, in the mail. This very elaborate puzzle box that turns out to be an invitation to a party at the private island in Greece owned by this tech wizard, not named Elon Musk, no. uh, named Miles Braun, who's played by Edward Norton. And he sent out these same puzzle boxes to a lot of his old crew from back in the day that called themselves the Disruptors while they were trying to get rich and building their careers. And, and now they have, and they're off in different parts. And, and uh, Miles has assembled them to his incredible estate on this Every time I see Greece in a movie, I'm like, I know, good we God, gotta go. is that the most beautiful place ever? It does seem like ever? It. So it was. It's this incredible estate on this private island. So it's a, it's a murder mystery. It's a murder party. Uh, Miles Braun, is th- he thinks himself so brilliant that he has concocted this murder party that none of his old friends will be able to figure out, and that's what they're going to have fun doing. And it's interesting that uh, Benoit Blanc gets an invite because no one remembered inviting him. Right. Uh, but that's just one of the surprise guests. There's another surprise guest, Andy, played by Janelle Monet. Mm-hmm. There's a surprise that she's there because she had a major falling out with the group years ago, and they're all surprised to see her there. Why would she be there? So there's two surprises. But the the main group of the old disruptors, disruptors you've got a fashion model, played by Kate Hudson. Mm-hmm. You've got a, 
an alpha bro men's rights blogger played by Dave Bautista, a scientist, Leslie Odom Jr., and a politician, Catherine Hahn. So that's the basically the core of the old group. And they're back, and uh, we certainly don't want to give anything away, but there's there's lots of uh, misunderstandings, there's, there's red herrings, there's fake-outs, but there's a murder to solve and a mystery that just turns in on itself, and then you think you know one thing, but then the time shifts and back to things that happened before this and all that. And it's just fascinating, and it's fun, and it's funny. And and this time we get a more fascinating and and flamboyant Benoit Blanc. Yeah, it's um, he's he's really in his element here. He's playing along at something, and it's 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 interesting because you know in the first one he's very sort of subdued as he plays along and right. investigates, whereas this one he's like he's like happy to be at a party. He I mean, is, it's a yeah. very different version of him, and it, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, Craig is great. The whole cast yes. is great, and yeah. it includes. Some cameos, you mentioned Angela Lansbury, not only Angela Lansbury, but Stephen Sondheim. Sondheim. Right. And of course, we both lost them a few months ago, so it's kind of a nice, a sweet farewell to them. And then you've got name dropping all over the place. <laughs> Jeremy Renner gets a name drop and um, Anderson Cooper. And then there's this other strange character who lives on the property there in Greece, sort of a Cato Kalin type guy, yeah. played by Noah Sagan, who yeah. we'll talk about later, actually, mm-hmm. who just kind of walks by. I'm not here. Don't mind With me. his corona, you know, and like his, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like his flip flops and his brooch. Yeah, so, he's he's funny. You know, I will say his rush poster. Yeah, I, I will say this time. I think the the groups and the the ideas of the day that Johnson is skewering, it, the, the fruit is a little it hangs a little lower yeah, than the first time. Yeah. That's all. It's just a little more obvious. Not that it's not ripe for this sort of. No, and the, it, it, it and and there are moments where it's very very satisfying. Ed Norton does a great job playing the vainglorious. Yeah. He's got money more than he's got smarts, and so he's hiring people to make him look smart. I mean, exactly. he just he's really pitch perfect in he that is. Elon Musk as character the, as the billionaire man baby. Yeah, and and it's great too because the longer that uh, Benoit is there with these people, he just has a growing disgust for their worship of. Ignorant dickishness, yeah, and it's that's very satisfying yes, as well. Yeah, very satisfying. So it's just a ton of fun. I think one is. I think this one is really more outright laugh out loud than the first one. As I think well. so too. As much as I love the first one, oh, we yeah. both I, love. I mean, I think the first, the first one's first. probably a better film. I do too. But this one, I think, is a little funnier. It is, and it's really enjoyable. And and we say this sort of like heist movies too. Who doesn't like a good mystery like yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. These are great. Yeah, and I think because we've... they 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 compel your attention. Yeah. You know, other films. I mean, films are interesting, but I mean, a, a, a heist movie or a mystery where you've got something to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they they really do. You're very invested in the movie as you're watching it, which makes it so much more satisfying when it pays off and well. you're trying to figure it out and the few times where you say to yourself wait a minute didn't this and, and you're thinking about the logic he knows he does. johnson knows you're thinking he does. that and he'll take care of it here just wait 30 seconds yep. and i love that yeah, too it's yeah. really smartly so smart smartly put together and intricate and inventive and fun and funny and he really has some some mad mystery skills here he does and i hope this is going this character is going to continue i feel that it will because yeah. i think this will probably do Quite well. And this is in theaters. And also, is it coming to Netflix very soon? Very soon. Yeah. Uh, uh, first or so, maybe December 9th. Yeah, but always we recommend seeing it in the theaters if you can. It's a good one for the holiday weekend. Glass, Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Yes. Next is the latest from Steven Spielberg. Growing up in a post-World War II era Arizona, young Sammy Fableman aspires to become a filmmaker as he reaches adolescence, but soon discovers a shattering family secret 
and explores how the power of films can help him see the truth. It's the Fablemans. You dismiss what he does. It's playful or imaginative. You could afford to be a little encouraging. She should have been a concert piano player. What she got in her heart is what you got. You can't just love something, you also have to take care of it. It's more important than your hobby. Can you stop calling it a hobby? Family, art, it'll tear you in two. You stop making movies, it'll break your mother's heart. I don't know what to do anymore. You do what your heart says you have to. What was your favorite part? We've entered quite an era of, you know, the, the big filmmakers examining their lives, you know, their autobiographies with Boy, the we film. we really have. I mean, we have. Um, I mean, they're, you Kenneth know. Kenneth out with Belfast. Yeah. We just saw him with Armageddon Time here mm-hmm. a little bit ago. Bardo will come out very soon. Right, it's, yeah. Uh, really self-reflective. Yes. I don't know if that's the... The, the times that we've lived through recently, the ages of these filmmakers, but boy, they're really being being self-reflective. And uh, it's not that Spielberg hasn't really put himself in his movies before. He probably has, but yeah. not. This is very, yeah. very specific. And it's also very Spielbergian. You know, I mean, all those elements that you equate with him as a filmmaker, a sense of wonder, sentiment, tech wizardry, mm-hmm. you know, they're all, all full on display, but it's very... Um, yeah, it's a very self-reflective use of those tools to tell his own story about how he came to use those tools to tell stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, you know, as these kind of things go, these, these you know, uh, filmmaker autobiographies, more or less, this one is awfully satisfying because you feel like you've seen so many moments of this story play out in so many of the most iconic movies you know, of the 21st century mm-hmm. and um, and just and you've always had a sense because he's been such a massive part of filmmaking for decades that you've always had a little bit of a sense of who he was coming up and, and where he fit into the kind of overall filmmaker scheme and, and what his family meant to him and all these things. And it's just it's just fascinating to watch it actually happen mm-hmm. and the way that he's Spielberg makes it about making movies. You know, he's telling his story, but since he's a filmmaker, his story is about how to make movies. The whole thing, it it, it ought to collapse on itself, and it just doesn't. I mean, it's a, it's an amazingly made movie. Oh, my God, Michelle Williams is awesome. Michelle Williams plays essentially his mother, Mitzi Fableman, uh, Paul Dano, plays uh, his father, Bert, right. Bert Fableman. And I do want to give a shout-out to his co-writer here, uh, Tony Kushner, oh, sure. who he's worked with for a while. This guy, I tell you, brings out the best in him. Now, he, of course, came to, I guess, big prominence with Angels in America. Sure. But then he's worked with Spielberg on Lincoln, yep. on Munich, on West Side Story, yep, yep. and now on this. So I think he really, they bring out the best in each other. Yeah. I think he's a vital part of this. No, I yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think that you're exactly correct about that i think that that i mean it's hard to say which one does which but the characters are very fully formed Mm -hmm. um uh, and um memorable and really human you know uh michelle williams you know the character the mother character she's quite eccentric but Boy, Michelle. I mean, Michelle Williams is she's just so one of the good. great she's talents. She's so good. Yeah. You know, but and she's she's so eccentric and very electric. And then Paul Dano, 
it's it would be easy to overlook how how good he is in this because it's a very subdued a more understated yeah role sort of because his character is always making room for Mitzi to shine. Uh-huh. But he does. He's wonderful too yeah. in everything. He really is. Yeah, and um, the ensemble also uh, includes Judd Hirsch, who's getting a lot of Oscar buzz right now uh, for the supporting actor. Also, uh, Seth Rogen is in this in this one as well. Yeah, he ensemble. does a good job. I mean, it's 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 a fairly substantial role, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't realize. I knew that Judd Hirsch's was pretty small, and it is it is a punch. I mean, it, he he comes in. He's he's on screen for like a total of two minutes, and he owns those two minutes for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole cast is really, really good. Um, and it's a fun story to, to see unfold. And the, I mean, the best, and it is, it's a cameo, but, uh, but David Lynch. Yes. And I'd forgotten. I mean, I knew he was in it, but you know, he is toward the end of the movie. He plays John Ford. John oh Ford. my God. Chef's kiss. So great. <laughs> so great. Now we should say like a lot of these, this is two and a half hours long. We're seeing, we're seeing a, a few two and a half hour long movies here in award season. But uh, it really tells a great story and really gets gets inside the soul of one of the preeminent filmmakers of our time. Yeah, I mean, and there are so many film lovers who love, and rightly so, Spielberg. I mean, Spielberg has probably had more of an influence on uh, um, certainly American moviegoers uh, since oh. the, the mid-70s yeah. than maybe anyone, uh, including perhaps Scorsese, right? So there are going to be a lot of people who rightly so, will find this movie fascinating. But I feel like even if you don't care one way or the other, it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah, and that is out in theaters now. Steven Spielberg's latest, The Fablemans. And Disney has a new animated film for the family this holiday weekend. The legendary Clades are a family of explorers whose differences threaten to topple their latest and most crucial mission in Strange World. What is this place? The cliffs are alive. And the waters dissolve the flesh off your bones. Everything down here is trying to kill us. Grandpa's awesome. He is not awesome. You gave me a machete for my birthday? <laughs> Classic Jaeger claimed. I was too. I'm loving this family reunion. But come on, we got a world to save. We need you to figure this out, otherwise we're doomed. We are doomed! Wait, seriously? <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. The first thing that might strike you about this movie is why is one of the the main characters drawn, animated, to look exactly like John Krasinski, but yet voiced by Jake Gyllenhaal. I, I feel confident you are going to be the only person on earth who no, ever even thinks that. No, there's yeah. no way. Yeah. Come on. Nope. Doesn't the character look like John Krasinski? No. Oh, come on. What movie are you watching? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, Jake is the voice of Searcher Clyde, and he is still living in the shadow of his father, Jaeger Clyde. His name is Jaeger. Sure. And I wanted to work. Jaeger bomb so much into my written <laughs> review, I couldn't do it. I finally gave up. But anyway, and Jaeger is voiced by Dennis Quaid. Yep. Took us a long time. We're like, who is that voice? Yeah. I know that voice. It's Dennis Quaid. So uh, Jaeger has gone missing years ago on an expedition uh, when uh, Searcher was just a boy. And so he's kind of living in that shadow. His father is still famous, and he doesn't want to be an explorer, too. He wants to be a farmer. He wants to be a farmer, live his own life. One of the things, one of the sons claim to fame is, on that expedition where Jaeger went missing, what they were looking for was a land beyond the hills in their land. That's sort of the border of their their land. And nobody knows what's beyond the mountains. They were trying to find out. Uh, But 
On that mission, Searcher, the young Searcher, found this plant, the Pando plant, that he took back home. It turns out to be their energy source for everything. Mm -hmm. It transformed their lives. It revolutionized everything. So he should actually be more famous, but he's really not. Everybody still, you know, worships uh, his father. So he's got that going for him, and uh, it all comes sort of full circle, I guess, when not only Searcher, but his his wife, Meridian, played by Gabrielle Union, and the kids, the father, the dog, the whole family, they're sort of pushed into becoming explorers. Because something is causing Pando all to die. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of a virus or something, and what they realize is that it's not individual plants. There's one. They all have one collective root. Mm-hmm. So they need to find that collective root and figure out what's going going on with it to save it. Yeah, or it's going to cripple their entire way of living mm-hmm. yes. because everything is powered off Energy. of this, this Pando yeah, plant. Yeah. yeah. So you can maybe guess where this is going. It's got a very ecological message to it. That's all we're going to say about that. It's also the cast is very inclusive. In the cast, you've got you've got interracial marriage, you've got uh, gay teens, mm-hmm. you've got a one-legged dog. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, true. It's very inclusive, and it's got a very uh, a, a very nice message to it, and it's. It's a very fun, it's a great looking. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Great looking adventure. Because the the land where they live is quite beautiful, Uh but then when they go to Strange World, it is gorgeous. It's goopy and colorful, and the creatures are fascinating. Uh, Maybe a little Cthulhu happening in there a bit, you know? And then there's one uh, called Splat that... Just really when you're thinking, boy, they're going to make a, some toys out of this, they they comment about yes, it, how it should do. be merchandise. Yes. yes, I'm sure it will be. Um, so, yeah, it's fun and funny and good for families. I don't think it's going to be a classic at any rate. Right. Uh, we certainly we enjoyed it. Yes. It's not laugh out loud funny, and the the, the message is, is well-meaning. It I would, is. I wouldn't say it's overly profound, but it's well-meaning and well-constructed yeah. once it gets to the point of, oh, I see yes. what you're saying here. So it's all very enjoyable, and if you're looking one for the looking for one for the family this holiday weekend, this is this is certainly worthy of a big-screen look. I mean, yes. you could wait for Disney+, Plus, but that's going to be a while, yeah. and, it, and it looks fantastic. It does. So you, another, know, you got a couple of days to kill with your kids. Yeah. It's, uh, another good reason to see something uh, on the big screen. And the cast also includes, the voice cast also includes uh, Lucy Liu is in there as well. Um, and some of them, it's, it's fun before you know it, I guess, to sometimes just try to hear it and close your eyes. Who is that? Because yeah. Gabrielle Union, I picked out right you away. Did. You did. I think she's got did. a very distinctive kind of smoky Kind of a voice. Yeah, but she does. I could not pick out Dennis Quaid for the life of me. Which is crazy. I just just couldn't yeah. do it. But anyway, yeah, a good uh, Disney adventure for the family called Strange World. And next is the latest from another filmmaker we love, Luca Guadagnino. This is about Marin, a young woman learning how to survive on the margins of society in bones and all. You look like the kind that's convinced himself he's got this under his thumb. He but you pull on one little thread. I'm ready. is based on a really popular and well-regarded YA novel 
And a lot of it was shot here in Ohio, where we live, in Chillicothe, Ohio, which is the, the middle of nowhere, but it's about 40 miles from, right, about 40 miles from us. Yeah, it's also where um, the uh, Devil All the Time was uh, yeah. was out there as well, because that's where the author, mm-hmm. uh, he called it Knock'em Stiff, which yeah. is right, which is yeah. a little area there in Chillicothe, yeah. around, outside of Columbus. Anyway, yes. So, and it's um, it's interesting to me. So, as you said, we love Luca Guadagnino, and and he and Timothy Chalamet both kind of came to fame because of the film "Call Me by Your Name," mm-hmm. uh, which co-starred um, Army Hammer, who um, kind of got ousted from really public life because of cannibalism. One of the one rumors of, the of cannibalism. Things, yeah. So it's sort of funny that um, that now. The two, the director and, and star, are coming together in a yeah. cannibal romance. Yes, but that is, yes. in fact, what this is. It's a coming-of-age story, and it's a story about about embracing, you know, your inner monster, just accepting who you are and all of its ugly ways and not conforming. And it, and it's it's really fascinating in the way that it looks at what happens when you don't. Right. So you, you they run into these other characters who have the same affliction mm-hmm. and who have done what, you know, done what they can to, you know, um, try not to anyway, try not to be who they really are mm-hmm. and how how bad that turns out for people. So but the metaphor is is based in this idea of, of like an extreme, like, sure. you know, it's it's not just whatever issues you may have as an adolescent that you don't like about yourself. This girl craves human flesh. So it's right. really a problem actually. <laughs> so it's an But interest- we're not actually talking about you can you can apply the metaphor away from cannibalism to many other things you can. when you're talking about accepting and yes. embracing who you are. But I, I think that's interesting that the film goes to that extreme. Yeah. It's like no matter how bad you think it is, right? <laughs> the the film is saying that this girl's not going to be okay until she just accepts who she is and mm-hmm. who she is is a person who wants to eat somebody else's hand <laughs> it's very oh, interesting and we should say Marin is played by taylor russell from waves who, waves yeah. so good if you haven't seen waves i mean that's it's a bit of a gut punch yeah it is but so well executed and well well acted it's nice to see her again very good and i mean the whole cast is great mark rylance obviously oh yeah right and he's he's a very interesting character and he does a wonderful wonderful job um and Michael Stuhlbarg has also got a small role, very unlike, his, but he's a great character actor. He but I mean, is this great. is a weird character for him. And then David Gordon Green, filmmaker David Gordon yeah, Green, plays his that little friend. Me. Yeah. They are creepy as hell in a very ominous, you know, um, segment of the movie. And then another one of our favorite, Sean Bridgers, yeah. uh, turns up as well. So, yeah, yeah Chloe great. Seven, <gasps> she's got quite a, <laughs> quite a moment on the screen. Um, it's it is it's a great ensemble. It's a road picture, and it looks great. One of those sort of dusty America nineteen eighties road pictures, and uh, and um, it's well done. I mean, it's it's an interesting film because it is. I wouldn't call it an outright horror movie, but I know a lot of people who would. Mm-hmm. People who aren't as big a fan of horror. If you hate horror movies, this this might be a bit much for you, right? Because right. they eat people. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yes. So I mean, it's an it's a weird mix. The idea it's a weird mix of tones. But Guadagnino is such a master; it plays out well in this film. And we we didn't all, another name we didn't mention the ensemble Jessica Harper, who of yes, course from the original, from the original Suspiria, Suspiria and Luca found a part for her in his fantastic remake. So it's nice to see her uh, again as well. So this one is out in theaters. Yeah, you call it a. a a YA because it was a YA novel, uh, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, which normally does not translate well to the screen, oh, at least in our absolutely experience. Does, yeah. But there are always exceptions, yeah. and here is one right now. So you could call it a a young adult uh, horror 
romantic drama. Yes. But uh, hey, if that sounds good to you. <laughs> but I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, that, that doesn't sound good to me. But the, <laughs> the, the execution is, is brilliant. It's a really good movie. Yeah, when there's so much talent involved, for sure. And that is Bones and All out now in theaters. Got a historical drama next. A pair of U.S. Navy fighter pilots risked their lives during the Korean War and become some of the Navy's most celebrated wingmen. This is called Devotion. I can't tell you how many times people have told me to give up, quit, die even. That's why you can't always do what you're told. What do you want me to do? Just be my wingman. You belong in the sky, Jesse. Remember, you belong down here with us, too, okay? Those boys are holding on by their fingernails. We bring everyone home. Ready, set, hit it! Remember what you're fighting for? Show off. That was pretty good. It's good. Well, now here is one that we did not expect to like based on the title, very bland, very generic, and the trailer. The trailer just makes it seem like a a button-pushing war movie, which I assume when you think about what a trailer is trying to do, you're trying to get butts in seats and actually make people think that's what it is. And also you're showing an actor from Top Gun Maverick back in a cockpit, maybe trying to get some of those coattails. But happily, that is not what this movie is. I was glad to see that's not what this movie is, even though there are some fantastic aerial fight scenes. Uh, the more the more humanity, the more nuanced drama is going on between these two men on the ground. And it's director J.D. Dillard, who, if you remember Slight? Yes. From back, yeah, 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 yeah. Remember that? Yeah, he's, uh, he did that one. And uh, it's based on a book, a historical uh, account um, by Adam Mark Makos, which is these two, these were real men. And this is based on true events and their time in the Korean conflict and and their friendship that uh, sprang up then. And their families, their descendants, are still friends today, which was nice to see at the end. But uh, it's led by the performance of Jonathan Majors. Now, we've seen him be good. He's always yeah, good. he is always good. But I'll tell you what. this He's as good as he's been really since Last Black Man in San Francisco. Oh. He's fantastic because... He's got a commanding physical presence, obviously, but it's it's how he communicates the the pain and and what he went through to get where he is, where he was as the first African American fighter pilot, aviator in the Navy. And you just it, it's not really heavy handed about it at all, but there are moments when it just gives you a hint, like, oh my God, I bet he went through some shit. Oh yeah, you know, just to get where he was. And he there are scenes where he he lets us know and he lets um his wingman know uh played by glenn powell from from maverick uh jonathan majors the character is uh, is jesse ensign jesse brown um from from history and then his wingman tom hudner and so they were together at the start of the korean conflict and and tom comes from privilege new englander country club set but he's got a a well-meaning attitude about civil rights but he's still as he finds out, has a ways to go. Sure. And this and this movie also has something to say about white allies, well-meaning white allies, and how they can be... Uh, not you know, not that helpful. Yeah, yeah, you have to really understand the full scope of it. And uh, it's, it's really nuanced the way it gets that message across without being heavy-handed, but it really comes down 
to the writing, which is is very insightful and very human, and uh, and these two main performances. Oh, this is another good ensemble as well. It's 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 a fantastic ensemble and some great. As I said, once they they get in the air, because again, that's not what this movie is based around. But when they do do it, uh, the director Dillard and his cinematographer Eric Messerschmidt, I believe, is the name. It does look great. Nice. It really looks fantastic. But uh, but some of the stuff that surrounds what this man gave to a country that did not always return the favor. Right. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, it's a very, very heartfelt message. And what they call the Forgotten War, the Korean War, it mm-hmm. often sort of feels that way. Yeah. And they wanted to give some some credence and some and a, and a salute mm-hmm. to these men, not only these two particular specific men, but, uh, but the general conflict, the, the war and the veterans from that effort, the, the Korean War, that's important as well. So, yeah, it surprised me how good it is. Really is. And I think it's it's one that's worth seeing. It's a good history lesson. And it's one that's able to to rise above the what you might think about it from the title and from the trailer. Uh, don't go in looking for Top Gun Part 3, but you'll find a, you'll find a nice human drama with some some good uh, aerial acrobatics as well. And that is devotion in theaters now. Next is the latest from another filmmaker that we like, Noah Baumbach, dramatizing a contemporary American family's attempts to deal with the mundane conflicts of everyday life while grappling with the universal mysteries of love, death, and the possibility of happiness in an uncertain world and important hair. This is White Noise. They don't look scared in the Crown Victoria. Yeah, they're laughing. These guys aren't laughing. Where? In the country squire. What does it matter what they're doing in other cars? I want to know how scared I should be. Life is good. Jack, as long as the children are here, we're safe. May the days be aimless. Let the seasons drift. Do not advance the action according to a plan. This is a weird, wild movie. Yes, it is. Based on a very celebrated novel from 1985. The same guy, Dom DeLillo, I Mm -hmm. believe his name. They wrote Cosmopolis. Yes. Uh, and this is one of the first things that strikes you is he wrote this in 1984. It was or no, he wrote it in 1985. It was set in 1984. And all how prescient. Yeah. I mean, the things that he kind of saw coming, I guess, um, are a little scary. They're also funny. And it can leave you this movie will leave you thinking either we're all doomed or just laughing or scratching your head. It'll make you feel a lot of ways, but it's entertaining. Yeah, it definitely is that. I mean, Baumbach is such an interesting filmmaker, and this is definitely the weirdest of all of his films, because I don't think any of his films really have a fantasy element, so to speak. There's a synchronized dance number at the end of the film that is- In a supermarket. In a supermarket that's during the credits, so you could leave. You can't leave. You can't leave. You cannot leave. You're going to watch this. I could not tur- take my <laughs> eyes off of it. It was it was incredible. Yeah. Um. And I mean, and it is a comedy, and it's often funny, but it's more just weird than it is funny. Don Cheadle, brilliant. Yeah. Um. Uh. Greta Gerwig, brilliant. Adam Driver. Adam Driver, exceptional as always. I mean, his cast is a gr- uh, Jody Turner Smith. Yeah. Uh, it's it's Rafi Cassidy, who yeah. is um Andre three thousand. Yeah. It's it's another great ensemble, and the, the writing. Um, Bombach writes it for the screen again. Mm-hmm. It's based on this, based on this novel, but it it just goes in so many places. You've got this this family, and they're all. It, it seems like they're not talking to each other as much as they're talking at each other and at us. Mm-hmm. And that's it's very reminiscent of the title, White Noise. It just throws so much at you at the same time, and you have to try to pick 
out parts that you're going to pay attention through through all of it. But that's very intentional um, as the movie just goes off in these all these different tangents and the family has to um, take shelter from this airborne toxic event that happens in their area. And it's just it's so it'll, t- it'll take us the rest of the podcast to explain this plot. But it, it gets nutty, but it has a lot to say from a book and a movie set in 1984 about things that we're going through today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, disinformation and a death culture just at the start of it. Those are two big ideas. And this yeah. mo- book and movie take on a lot of big ideas. Yeah. I mean, they were big then and they're probably even bigger now, especially post-internet and post-pandemic. Yeah, group trauma. And, oh yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. There's so many things that it's, consumerism. Oh my God, yeah. Um, not only group trauma, but but mob mentality yeah. and just and uh, cult you know, of personality. Cult, oh, the cult of personality is a big one as well. So many big big ideas and so many weird things happening to this family and in and in this movie in the college where Adam Driver's character, College on the Hill, mm-hmm. it's called, mm-hmm. <laughs> where he's a professor of Hitler studies. Yeah. And and but but yeah, and then John Cheadle, he's all about studying Elvis. Mm-hmm. So that's where the cult of personality comes in. It just goes on and on and on. But um it's it's weird, it's funny, but it's smart and yeah, it is entertaining. It is a little long too. This yeah. is another long one, but we've got a lot of long ones yeah. right now as as I said before as uh, award season tends to do sometimes. And this is another one that, that will be on Netflix in December. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's just it's it, you know, like like Pinocchio and like Glass Onion, they knew they had something people would go see. And so at the kind of last minute, they came up with a theatrical run as well before it hits the streamer. Mm-hmm. Because so. holiday weekend, a lot of people do go to the movies, oh, yeah. obviously. Yeah. I think it's one that's idiosyncratic enough that it's not going to rub everybody the right way. There are probably some people that are not going to be yeah. not going to be uh, liking this too much. But I think if you've seen any Noah Baumbach movie, you have an idea, at least an idea of how it's structured. I mean, don't expect another marriage story. It's nothing no. like that. My God, no. No, not at all. <laughs> but uh, but we did enjoy it. It yeah. is entertaining, yes. as weird as it is. And it's, I was hypnotized by it. Yeah, especially that end. Yes. That end in the supermarket. Uh, white noise out now. Well, we talked earlier about Noah Sagan having that small part in Glass Onion. He's back in our next one as writer, director, and star. A vampire's loner lifestyle is thrown into disarray when a teenager shows up claiming to be his daughter, and she's got the fangs to prove it. This is new from Shudder called Blood Relatives. She's definitely yours. What the hell am I supposed to do? Be a person. I'm not a person. I don't have anyone. There's no one there. What do you think this is? You think that I've got some place that I can take you? Like the Batcave? You're feeling a little conflicted. You can imagine how I feel. As a vampire who was also a teenager. Find something that you and your kid connect on. Something you could do together. What do you want from me? Everything. I don't have anything! I'm not mad. I'm... Disappointed. Impressed. Another sort of coming of age road picture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a different kind of love story. It's a father daughter, and they're bonding, and there there's carnage there as well. So, you know, I guess this is a theme for the week. <laughs> yeah, Noah um, Noah Sagan is the writer director, and he plays Francis, and his daughter is played. His daughter is named Jane, and she's played by Victoria Morales, who I love so much in a small movie from a couple of years back called Plan, plan B, B yeah. about two friends trying to get the Plan B uh, birth control. And um, it was fun and funny, so look that up. But it's nice to see her, and she's impressive again. She is impressive again, and they, you know, they do a really good job together. I like Noah Sagan. I have always liked Noah Sagan. 
And um, and it is fun to see him just really carry a picture. And it's interesting to see him also as the writer director because it has a wry humor about it that now you can guess is his, you know. And uh, and I think that he has an interesting stamp as a filmmaker, you know, uh, that he leaves with this one. The end is not as satisfying as it maybe could have been. I think that it invests a lot of time in the road picture itself. And so when it ties itself up at the end, you're you're kind of scratching your head a little bit. But mm-hmm. that's a it's a minor nit, really. I mean, it's a fun movie. It is uh, it's well acted. Both performances are very, very solid. And and, you know, it's kind of moving at times and it's funny. And uh, that's the latest from Shudder. You know, we love our Shudder. This is one to check out called Blood Relatives. And one more, a comedy drama centered around Thanksgiving. A zombie-obsessed, special-needs adult searches for his absent mom while a Korean family and gang compete to be his family. This is called My Apocalyptic Thanksgiving. Frank lets you watch this? Oh, there's a zombie. It helps me sleep at night. Just slice their head off. Just doesn't that need electricity? No, this one uses gas. Marcus, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for my mama. You know, fish chunk. You are still responsible. He needs more attention and another psychological evaluation. There's nothing wrong with him. He wants to be with his mother. Gotta trust yourself. I want to have the most apocalyptic Thanksgiving lunch with her. Rachel Willis reviewed this one for us over at MadWolf.com, and she was really surprisingly pleased mm-hmm. by this movie. the The trailer doesn't necessarily. I mean, there the this the weakest part of the film is that this young man is obsessed with a TV show uh, about zombies, right? And so the movie sometimes the film cuts intersperses mm-hmm. segments from the TV show into the film, and that doesn't work as well. It feels gimmicky, and it takes away from a very heartfelt. And interesting movie about what it's like to be not quite ready to be independent and how other people can kind of manipulate that situation to their own benefit, even if that's not really what they're trying to do. It's really well made. It's very low budget. Yeah, you can tell from the trailer it's very low budget. But but it's surprisingly well made for that. Yeah, I love it when people get can move beyond that because you can tell you can still tell. Good stories. Writer is Richard Soriano. Director is Charles B. Unger. And that one is on, it's on VOD yes. right now. Again, check out Rachel's full review at MadWolf.com. That's my apocalyptic Thanksgiving. All right, we gave the schlocketeer uh, the holiday off. <laughs> We're so nice. So let's look ahead to next week. Another holiday-themed movie that a lot of people are loving this trailer. Oh, are, yeah. Are ready for one called Violent Night. It is a good trailer. One that I have been very excited about, The Eternal Daughter. Yeah, we just watched this the other night. We like that one. Also one called A Wounded Fawn. Four Samosas. Salvatore, Shoemaker of Dreams. The Inspection. Amigo. And Hunt. All right, that's next week. What about this week? So much to talk about. Big movies and celebrated filmmakers and great ensemble cast. So uh, see them and let's discuss. You can always find us easily on Twitter. We're at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F, also on Facebook and Instagram. It is Mad Wolf Columbus and the main websites full of our written reviews and our other horror movie-only podcast called Fright Club. That's all there for you at madwolf.com. So see some movies, keep in touch, have a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend and a great start to your holiday season. We'll talk again soon. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And this is the Screening Room Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. I do wish we could chat longer, but... 
I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. <laughs>